1: Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So I have a guest on today. Uh, He came on several, several months ago for I think a live stream, Um, and you guys haven't heard from him since here on this channel, Uh, but but today I have the pleasure of speaking with Rory from his channel, The Daily Coin, and his website, thedailycoin.com.
0: Rory, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well and it's the dailycoin.org. Daily, if you go to the dailycoin.com, you're going to find some logger dude who wants to sell me that .com for $8,000, so don't go there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, good news. I will have the correct one down in the description. dailycoin.org. So, uh there's a ton of to talked about today. We we're just talking about yeah. this. We 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 never really run out of material things to talk about. There's always uh, big, big news items in, in the precious metals markets and in, in the broader economy, et cetera. Uh, but I did want to start off with precious metals. I think that's a, a lot of, of what many of my viewers, as well as your viewers, um, like to listen to. And and rather than come out here and say, Rory, what do you think the price of silver and gold will be in a year? Because that's a that's a very difficult <laughs> question. It's hard to predict where it'll be a week from now, let alone a year from now. Um, I, I think instead, I, I'd rather first ask you about uh, the silver to gold ratio, the ratio between silver and gold. Um, and, and where do you see that? Wh- when do you think that that ratio is going to begin to come down? You know, a quick history for my, for my viewers and listeners, you know, it's, it's, uh, currently around 82 to one historically above 80 to one seems high. It seems to be around an inflection point, And yet it's been very high. It's above 80 to one for quite some time now, uh, in the second half of 2018 it actually tagged, I think above 86 to one. Um, and so despite many of my predictions and others predictions that eventually that ratio is going to come down, it hasn't significantly yet. Um, so I, I thought maybe you can give us uh, some of your thoughts on on where that's heading in the future and why that's so important for gold and, and silver owners to pay attention to.
0: Well, the, the, the main thing is the, the what makes it important to me and, and probably to the listeners as well is... I'm able to get, or I will be able to to trade uh, less silver for more gold, and that's what that's the only reason that I pay any attention to it at all is because that is my goal uh, in the future as that ratio comes down, and I see it coming down, uh, probably beginning. It may come down later this year, but definitely I see it coming down 2020 uh, through 2023, and I see it coming down uh, uh, slightly, not 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 a lot from where it is. I don't see it going back, unfortunately, to the uh, 30 or 20 to one or even uh, it, it may, but not from what from what I'm seeing and what I'm reading out there from people that are a lot smarter and have been doing it a lot longer than I have. I'm not trying to burst anybody's bubble or anything, but this is just what I'm seeing and what I'm reading. And, but I'm looking to trade some silver for gold as that ratio does come back down. And I have a range that I'm looking at and as it approaches that range and gets into into that into those numbers, which is uh, as low as 50. It may get into the 40s, and if it does, and I'm certainly going to start dropping quite a bit of silver at that point to uh, to for gold. And I know a lot of people are like, oh no, don't do that. It's going to 16 or 10 to one or one to one. Well, you can hold on to it. And see if that happens. I don't know that it will, but it might. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not an analyst. I'm not offering financial advice, and I'm just telling you what I see and what I read, and that's that's all that I can do. That's all that I can offer, and I'm not trying to pump or sell or do anything. I'm just telling you what I do and what I'm what I'm looking at, and. I like silver a lot, and there's silver that I'm going to hold on to and never sell because it is beautiful, and I see it as art, and I and I love silver. Uh, the silver medallions, love what Chris Dwayne's doing over at Silver Shield, love that a lot, and that's that's where I'm at with the with the gold to silver ratio. I don't see that it is. I don't personally, Matt, and then once again, I think that people are probably going to scoff at this, but I don't see it as being as, as important as it once was. And the reason I say that is that silver is not currency right now. Will it be in the future? It's not held as a tier one asset, to my knowledge. Gold is it's, while gold is not a currency right now, it is still considered money and is still held on central banks' spreadsheet as a tier one asset, which means that it is held in their reserves as money. That's what it is. And it, and it always has been and it always will be. Silver doesn't enjoy that right now. Not to my knowledge. I may be wrong. I know that Russia has an unbelievable amount of silver in there and they've got it stored with their gold. We've seen the photos of their central bank vault, saw those last year. So, or in 20, yeah, 20 or in early 2018. So about a year ago, we saw those photographs coming out of the, out of Russia's uh, central bank vault of their gold. And on top of their gold was all these, all these massive silver bars and it was uh, quite an eye-opener for me, and I imagine a lot of other people as well, because the, the articles that were written were about Russia's gold hoard, and here's, here's here it is, and here's what it looks like, and take a look, and they were kind of poking the eye of the United States, saying that we've got 8,300 tons of gold, but nobody knows that for sure because nobody's seen it, and forever so
1: yeah no you make a good point there about uh, they that's what I, that's always the kind of caveat that that as far as i know you're right central bank's governments they aren't really stacking silver there's some that's kept on hand for uh minting purposes and whatnot but then we did get those images from russia um where hey all of a sudden they got these hundred or probably thousand ounce bars two yes. ounce bars of, of silver uh in in their in their vaults and and i think around that same time there's some other article that came out uh uh i can't remember if it was a civilian cargo or if it was a government transport plane but it was on the runway and and one of these bags fall off falls off the back of it as it's taken off and lo and behold inside the baggers these uh these, these giant uh what do they call them dore bars or whatever they were uh yes uh uh kind of unrefined silver bars um yes and so, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's something China and Russia and, and a couple other countries in that region do. They they have a, they're they're blessed with large amounts of natural mineral resources, and so they mine them domestically. And why not keep them within their own borders? I mean, a you're basically supporting your own industry, and b you're 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 stacking um, a, a real asset. And so it wouldn't surprise me if they did that with silver as well. And they just haven't been documenting it. I mean. Why not? Why not have a uh, another card up their sleeve? Who knows? You know those thousand ounce bars. You know the whole scheme of things compared to their gold holdings are probably minuscule. But you know a couple other thoughts on what you were talking about. Um, you know, first of all, we're we're a community of contrarian uh, investors in the first place, and so I think it's good for us to have contrarians within this community that that don't always necessarily think you know silver and gold are are gonna drop down to to you know one to one, ten to one, whatever you know. Uh, you know, the other thing I was going to say is, is as you kind of alluded to, this isn't an all or nothing proposition that just because it right. drops below 50, 40, you know, it doesn't mean you have to get rid of all your silver. It just means, right. in fact, I think a lot of the smart investors that are, that are going to be trading for gold or for some other asset at some point, um, they're, they're probably going to be doing it in five, ten percent, twenty percent increments, not all at once. You know, it's it's no different than saying, you know, would you buy your entire stack of silver and gold at one price? I mean, most people advocate for a, a dollar cost averaging, right? Buy maybe when the price is lower, when it's dipping, but otherwise, over a long period of time, why not do the same when you're selling? Unless you know, the other thing is you got to keep in mind is is what type of situation we're talking here. Is this a speculative rally for silver where it could overshoot what should be the the mean? In terms of gold to silver ratio or is it eventually going to find some sort of an average around you know a lower 70 60 50 to one or is there some potential for it for it to shoot much much lower but even then you know that it's still a risky game it's no different than than trying to hold on for a big stock rally when you know that ultimately the rally is going to end in pain um, you know that was actually kind of the, the second question as me asking you here is is uh, the gold to silver ratio uh, uh viewers are very familiar with that but something that Um, Some people have been talking about a little bit more as of late. Of course, it's been a big idea for a a while now. Is the Dow to gold ratio, basically the the ratio of the Dow Jones Industrial Average to the price of gold? And now, historically, I actually have the chart up. uh, Maybe I'll share this with my viewers Um, when we uh, when I publish this. Historically, you know, the gold uh, the Dow to gold ratio has a high of about forty to one, and that was. Uh, back in the 2000, around 2000 era, the dot-com bubble. Of course, the Dow Jones benefited from that rally to some extent as well. The the and 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 gold was uh, at pretty low levels, both gold and silver during that period of time. Uh, more recently, it topped 20 to once, and uh, before dropping below that with, with the recent drop in the stock market. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, what, what where do you see that heading? And uh, as a follow-up question, you know. It, Maybe not exchanging straight for the Dow Jones, but would you consider, you know, cashing out some of your precious metals for some sort of other asset that is is similarly uh, maybe undervalued or or has dropped significantly in price?
0: Well, I just spoke with uh, David Modell over at uh, Portfolio Wealth Global. I just had I just interviewed him uh, last week, and that was one of the things that that we discussed. And yes, I am absolutely. Uh, looking at that, and the the Dow-Gold ratio is one of the things, is one of the measures that I believe to be a little bit more realistic. It's one that Mike Maloney over at goldsilver.com has talked about for years, and he has been a a major advocate of that particular ratio. And if you look at the Dow-to-Gold ratio, and if you measure if you to use that as a measure of value, now you're talking about value to value. And that's one of the one of the things that I want to do. Doubt or the gold silver ratio drops. Trade some silver for gold. Take the gold, sell it back into the market, purchase some paper assets that I believe are going to be of value to me and my family. Once again, not financial advice, just what I'm looking at and looking at what I'm doing. And for a number of years, any of the people that have been listening to what I've been doing or saying over the, uh, close to a decade now, uh, this is completely different from what I've been saying in the past, but my circumstances have changed. So, as circumstances change as individual uh, circumstances grow or change or become something that they that they weren't yesterday then you have to look at things differently and that's what that's what's happening right now and it may it only makes sense I and mean, I'm not I'm not looking at, you know, buying something that I don't believe in I'm only looking at investing and taking those investments and taking my money, my gold, my silver, taking my money and investing it because I don't see gold and silver as an investment vehicle. So, I, And I don't have enough or I don't have any investment vehicles at this point. And that's what the Dow Jones or the, equities markets the paper market digital market whatever you want to call it that's what it offers so in order for that to in order for me to to participate in that then i have to be in it right now i'm outside of it and i have been for a long time and and that's
1: probably again not financial advice but that's probably not the worst plan either you know um i, I maybe i talked about this recently i actually had a a woman who was a uh, uh, actually goes to my church and she was talking about, you know, we we're just having a conversation and, and, uh, she's talking about how her husband had, uh, had received a large, kind of lump sum type retirement. And, and, you know, she, she wasn't like, let's put it all, we're, we're talking, I don't know, upwards of a hundred thousand, maybe a couple hundred thousand. She didn't give me the exact number, but quite a bit of money. And, and she wasn't quite saying like, let's put it all into silver and gold, but let, like, let's be you know careful with this. And her husband right. um, basically was kind of like, nah, eh, like, it's throw it in a, you know, a mutual fund or, you know, it's throw it in, in more or less the stock market, the broader market. And uh, it's got to be tough. You know, it's, it's somebody moving into the market right now because uh, is, is there potential for, the, you know, the Dow Jones to, to go up to 30,000 or something like that? Sure. But but the, uh, the, the potential for larger turns isn't super great. Is there potential for returns? Sure but but i i see a, a lot more potential for for downside kind of like you know with precious yep. metals with silver you know sure is there downside risk sure silver could drop a lot more but it's it's very limited you know there's gonna be a point where it's it's not gonna drop anymore and and it's gonna move up uh there, there's much larger i think upside uh to to something like silver or gold um whereas i see a lot more downside in the stock market right now um so so i guess what do you say to those that are are principled investors not or, or, or I guess I don't know if investors are the right word but principle not in the sense that they follow a set of rules that that decide when they move in in and out of markets but more so principled on this idea that they think you know stocks are are part of the problem that paper assets are part of the problem and that they don't want anything to do with it even if you know the down to gold ratio was at five to one or three to one or something like that
0: the problem that we have is that the all markets all, markets are rigged. That's the problem. There's nothing wrong with equities. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with owning a piece of a company that you believe in. There's not one thing wrong with that. What the problem is are the bankers. That's the problem. The Federal Reserve. The I mean, they've been openly discussing the plunge protection team. They've been openly discussing that. It's... Policy. I mean, think about this. It is written, not maybe not written, but it is open discussed policy to rig the largest market in the world, the bond market. Quantitative easing is a policy of market rigging. That's the problem. <laughs> it's, it doesn't allow for winners and losers not in a, in a natural sense. So there's so as far as, you know, when you have the bond market is rigged, that's a, that's a stated policy. You have the forex market, which if you use fiat currency on this planet, then the forex market impacts you. That market has been proven to be rigged in a court of law. You also have the LIBOR, the London Interbank Overnight Rate once again, this sets interest rates, and if you have anything to do with any type of interest-bearing or interest uh, note or anything that has to do with interest anywhere on this planet, this impacts you. Once again, proven in a court of law to be rigged. So when you have all, when you have these three massive markets that impact billions and billions of people, if not all people on the planet. Then you have a problem. That's where the that's where the real problem is, not with the equities, not with me owning you know stock and and you know Panera Bread. That doesn't have anything to do with it. I mean, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you know, the other you know, you you can be very selective now. A lot of people they just buy into ETFs these days or, or throw it in. Um, some managed fund that's managed by someone else. But you can be selective with this. If if you have moral opposition to owning stock in, uh, let's say, Boeing or or Lockheed Martin or something like that, or or Goldman Sachs or or whatever, uh, then you can... uh, then you can avoid those and you can put it into into companies that you believe in that also have... That's the other thing is some people put it into companies that they believe in but also have, have just terrible financials, you know, Snapchat right. or, or something like that. But, well, uh, and
0: the thing is, is that you can also... There, there are ETFs that are out there that have a, quote, moral slant to them where you're not going to find Northrop Grumman in them. You're not going to find an industry of death and destruction as part of the makeup of the... Uh, ETF or what is it, mutual fund? It's not they're mm-hmm. not in there. You're only going to find companies that are doing the right thing. So they're at so you can get a mutual fund that you know aligns with what you personally believe, or like you said, Matt, you can go out and be selective and 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 invest in the companies that you believe in. That you know this is something that represents. Me and my family, this is, some, this is an idea that I can get behind, you know, and it's not any different. And, and, and people are going to say, well, that's just crazy talk. But it's no different than what's happening in France with the yellow vest. It's no different than what's happening in Italy or Brazil or where people are standing up and saying, you know what? I am sick of this nonsense. I am sick and tired of all of this globalization and all of these lies and all of this death and destruction that doesn't do anything for me and my family, period. And that's what it, that's what's happening. So these two things are not disconnected at all. They are very much interconnected. If I'm investing in Boeing or Groomen or one of these death and destruction companies, then I'm part of the problem. Period. I am absolutely funding the problem. But if I'm not funding them, then I'm not part of the problem. I'm actually part of the solution. And if I'm taking my investment dollars and putting them into something that is worthwhile, something that, like I said, that I believe in that represents, you said, you you mentioned that you go to church. I mean, that is something that is missing from our day-to-day lives that is An absolute key to everything, to our world improving, which is what we're talking. I mean, at the end of the day, Matt, when you when we're talking about gold and silver, you're talking about liberty and liberty comes from God and freedom comes from man. Okay, they are two. They're they're basically the same thing, but one you can't take away or you can't influence, but one you can. And I prefer liberty. That's what gold and silver represent. So when you start talking about gold and silver, you're talking about a whole host of other issues, and all of which are founded in the yellow vest, in the populist movement, in the Christian resurgence that's happening globally, not in America, but everywhere else. You're seeing this massive Christian resurgence everywhere. Here, it's being killed at, a, at breakneck speed. And, but once you look outside of our borders, you see something completely different. And this is something that I've been reporting on for most of 2018 and will continue to report on it in 2019. But once again, you get, once you, once you enter a conversation and once you start talking about gold and silver. Then you open up a whole host of other issues that go along with it, and it doesn't matter if you believe me or not. It's just a fact. That's just the, that's just the truth. And if you you know, and if you've been in the gold and silver community for any length of time, then you know that to be true. You know what I'm saying is true because they just they're all interconnected. Yeah. I mean, is that, is that, or, or am I? Or are these the rantings of a crazy man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think yeah, I, I have to say, very well put. You're absolutely right that that precious metals. Uh, sure, we can get into the details of uh, they're good hedge and everything and, and whatever else they're safe haven a, a, a asset uh, insurance, but but also you know there there is a uh, a bit of a. Uh, question of morality when you invest in, in, precious right. metals. Um, you know, some people call them, you know, God's money. And, and this is not even right. a belief that's, that's, um, um, specific to, to the Christian faith. You know, this is, this is common in other faiths as well. Uh, yeah. e- even if you and I happen to both adhere to that, um, we, we can at least acknowledge that it's, uh, there, there's a lot of assets that might not be considered, um, God's money or ordained by God or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I think you're very well put. You know, if you could expand a little bit more on this uh, this uprising, I guess, we're seeing around the world, whether it be yellow vests, uh, 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 Brazil, uh, other countries in the EU, uh, et cetera. You know, is this, do you see this heading in a good direction? Because my fear, now, don't get me wrong, yellow vests, or I think it's in general great when people question their, their government as a whole, when they question globalization uh question their leaders motives like emmanuel macron etc yep but my fear is you know these these yellow vest protesters a lot of them unfortunately um i don't think you and i would get along with super well in terms of of our ideologies they they tend to be maybe far leftist or 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 some some of them at least you know um others might be you know extremely uh nationalistic right um so so do you see this heading in a good direction where where uh the the end result can be greater freedoms and and more reforms or you know if if this is allowed to run its course and they don't give up on their goals is this going to end to just kind of end in just a different uh a different way of 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 i guess restricting freedom or 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 a different way of, of i guess bigger government and i guess less freedom for the for the average person
0: they put if if what happens What's happening in France, if it's con- if it's allowed to continue and manifest in the way that it is currently heading with Marine Le Pen, nationalist, uh, surging in the polls as Macron, his numbers are plummeting, then you will absolutely see a return to liberty in France, just as you're seeing in Italy, just as you're seeing, we'll see in Italy and and in Brazil as well. These people are rejecting. And and I disagree that they're far leftist. I disagree with that completely. Um, there is there's probably some of that in there, but primarily you're look you're talking about conservative values. Talking about people that are, it's not called a nationalist movement, it's called a populist movement. And it's because it's the people that are sick up to their eyebrows with this globalization, this nonsense where we have government that does not care one cent about the people of their nation. The only thing that they're concerned with is creating global enterprise for their crony buddies and that's it it's all that they care about and they don't care about the people and the people have had it and as far as what's happening in France you can see this past Saturday and I just wrote about this this morning is that we're actually seeing the what it looks like when liberty when the when the when the people uh, when, when the people rise up, when government is afraid of the people, you have liberty. When people are afraid of the government, you have tyranny. And that's what we're seeing right now in France. It's playing out right now in real time. And hopefully the people will win. My fear is, is that since the people of France are unarmed, In France is the single greatest argument for the American people never to give up their guns on, of any, anything, any kind. Look at what's happening in France. They're digging out cobblestones. And currently the brown shirts are using non-lethal for the most part, they're using non-lethal ammo. That's going to change soon if this continues because the people are beginning to become a little bit more organized and a little bit better prepared and a little bit better, a little bit smarter about their attacks against these brown shirts. I mean there were several videos that came out of the what happened over the weekend where the <laughs> the brown shirts didn't fare so well. And that's that's going to continue. That will that will make a change. They do not have any kind of weaponry at all like I said they dig out cobblestones out of the street I've seen many videos of that so what it's anyway so I see what's happening right now in France as being as really the test I mean and and how that goes and what happens? Will there be an EU army a quote EU army to come in and help France, or will NATO come in and help France, or you know how that how it plays out? I don't know. I know that they're very concerned about it. I did do you know uh, that.
1: did you catch a headline? This was a couple weekends ago, maybe the maybe the second weekend or something when when these yellow vest protests really really ramped up. Um, there, there's a headline out there that that some people were kind of concerned because. The uh, the the French police or or maybe their military or whatever they brought out a um basically like an APC or, or something along those lines and it had some EU logos logos on it as yeah. opposed to just French. and people were like what like is this precursor to 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 a a EU military is it is it a done deal already and they already have the equipment they already have the logos they just um, haven't told us yet um, that right. was. The EU is is a uh, uh, in a tough place, and I, I I don't see this getting any better between um, I think the the social rift that has been created by not just immigration but a massive amount of immigration um, in, in the last you know five six seven years. Um, Regardless of of uh, my my listeners views on immigration, you know it, when you have a a large mass of people move in a l- short amount of time, that's right. that's bound to to potentially create some some flashpoints. That plus their their economic issues, you know, I I, I you no, know, it just makes me wonder when when we kind of move into the next uh, I guess recession when you start to see um, a, a serious you know rise in unemployment in some of these countries France Spain Germany etc. Italy. Um, that's only gonna exacerbate these issues, I think. And it's uh I don't see the EU existing in its current form ten years from now. I, I I'm not oh, no. I'm not gonna go out on a limb and say that it won't exist at all, but it might just be a shadow of its former self. A lot of agreements broken, a lot of countries potentially having removed themselves, um uh, because because when you have countries like France or when you have countries like Germany once you see those countries start to really stagger it's not just the uh, Greece you know Italy uh, although Italy is a large but you know Greece or some of these Italy's,
0: other Italy's important it, they, are, they are they are it's a very important economy
1: um, but when you have some of these other ones on the periphery you know it's not as big of a deal but once you see the big ones you know Italy, uh, Germany, France, once you see, and of course the UK is already leaving. Once you see those ones, um, either a decide to leave or B, uh, that you see their economies start to, to fail. Uh, that's, I don't see, I don't see a, a pretty end in sight for, for the EU or the Euro currency. Um, but, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about was, was, was this upcoming recession. Um, I did a video on it over the weekend. It was a, uh, once again, Larry Kudlow came out. Uh, Trump's one of his top economic advisors came out last weekend, uh, basically saying there's no recession in sight. And I get it. You know, if you're the advisor to the president, uh, especially you know Donald Trump, the last thing you want to say is I'm worried about a recession, right? It, it, it's it's his job. It's in his job description. You have to be a right. leader for the economy. <laughs> um, but but he comes out and says I, there are no recession in sight. Same thing he said back in uh, I think just before Thanksgiving of 2018 uh and yet you know you 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 had the imf come out recently now we have to take everything they have to say with a grain of salt obviously but they said you know there's a recession potentially around the corner they didn't put a timeline on it but but they basically said you know we're not very prepared for it it, it's an interesting, you know it's 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 almost like when when the um fdic comes out or steve mnuchin comes out and says uh liquidity isn't a concern right now and then people are like we didn't know it was supposed to be a concern why are you telling like that makes us more nervous than anything else. Um, why, why is the IMF coming out and saying, you're not prepared for a recession? I think most analysts six months ago were saying, we shouldn't need to worry about a global recession. Um, and then, of course, you had JP Morgan, one of their analysts come out again take it with a grain of salt saying that you know a lot of his indicators based on the s p based on economic data based on the yield curve give us you know 40 50 60 percent of recession in the next 12 months which is probably the highest it's been since maybe i don't know 2015 2016. um so so I, rather than again make, make have you make a, a difficult predict, prediction of when will it begin you know what, what are some of the major casualties that you you see uh, occurring in this next recession depression, whatever you, you want to call it um, you can go in whatever direction with this, but what are some of the major major casualties that you see uh, happening with this next downturn?
0: I'm not I'm not sure to be perfectly honest I don't know that I mean first from my perspective, Matt, 2008. It's only gotten worse. There's, I haven't seen any recovery whatsoever. I've been saying for the past two, three years that where we have entered into an economic depression. If you look, go back and look at, you know, John Williams' uh, numbers over at Shadow Stats, they would confirm that. I mean, they've gotten a little bit better since Trump has been in office, but there's been no improvement once again the the plunge protection team the president's working group on markets has has kept everything afloat i mean the quantitative easing the market rigging that we just discussed a few minutes ago i mean that that ha- you have to look at that i mean the fangs you know the facebook apple alphabet google netflix these are the only stocks that hold the market up if once you look behind that you see nothing but rot i mean if our economy is not in a recession why is sears going to close more stores this year if our economy is not already in recession or economic depression then why are all of these why is our economy having such serious issues I mean, yeah, they, they talk about the unemployment rate and and you know, Trump is always, you know, women's unemployment's the lowest and Hispanic is the lowest and the you know, African American is the lowest and all it's all lies. It's all a lie. I mean, if you look at, at shadow stats, so I'm not sure how to how to answer your question because I see it completely different than what than what most people see it. And I see it completely different from certainly what corporate media tells us that it is. I don't believe anything that they say. And because I, I look at alternative numbers that say the, not just the exact opposite, but, but paint a much, much different picture than what we are sold as being reality. It's not, not, to, not from my perspective, yeah. I mean, look at look at what's going on with the censorship, okay? And the censorship is much is is there's more to it than just information not being readily available. It's revenue crushing to content creators like myself, okay? So that directly impacts the economy. If you've got thousands, literally thousands of websites, thousands of YouTube channels that are no longer generating the type of revenue that they were three years ago. Well, doesn't that play a role? Does anybody ever talk about that in the corporate media or even in the alternative media? No, they don't. But it's a very real factor. It's a very real factor. When you start talking about a website like Breitbart and their revenue stream is down forty percent or thirty percent. Hello, that could be a problem, you know, and they're and they're not alone. It's so we have to look at different venues other than what we're continually told, well, this is what the picture looks like. Well, no, it's not. It's not the picture at all. That is that is an illusion. That you want me to believe as reality, it's not. It's an illusion, and yeah. so all these other factors are what I take in, or what I look at, and they don't. You know, well, I, I'm not. I don't mean to be such a ray of sunshine, but I mean, it's just, it's just the truth. <laughs> Somebody mean, didn't get their coffee this morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I mean, it's. Or am I am I wrong? Am I looking at these things wrong? Yeah, no. I'll, I'll it, ask you. I mean, am I am I seeing things in a way that is that that is untrue or that is just too far removed from reality?
1: You know, you you bring up uh, I guess a couple thoughts on these things you're saying there. I mean, you bring up shadow stats, which is great, um, and that's something I've always kind of went back and forth on is how i think that maybe the truth is maybe somewhere in between i certainly don't buy this is a crazy thing about it so china it's it's almost a well accepted fact even though people pay attention to this data and they trade based on it and whatnot pretty much an accepted fact that chinese economic data is is garbage that right it's 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 targeted it is manipulated it is inflate you know gdp uh, is is made to look far larger than it is and far more stable than it actually is in fact you know I, there's an article out over the weekend or last week about how there's a uh a chinese uh, uh economist that that came out and basically said nah, the, the real gdp is actually like below two percent or around two percent of course their official number is like six percent or something right and he was censored for it and 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 it's just uh and yet mainstream people here in the united states will say like that's ridiculous like uh why are you censoring him like and they'll say like obviously you know the with such a large um government presence in the markets and whatnot over in china then then absolutely that type of information uh data can be manipulated and yet the possibility of that happening in the united states it it doesn't even cross their mind so i'd agree that i i think the the official unemployment numbers uh gdp inflation those are the big three that that john williams has on his website absolutely i think are, are played around with and and it's hard to know what the real picture is he he gives a, a good look at it and and he's right and we very well could have been in some sort of recession um since since uh 2008 uh and that we never really came out of that um, well but
0: and, and i don't mean to interrupt you but I, yeah I, but but you're mentioning 2008 is that is huge it's huge nothing has changed since then things have only gotten worse and it's, it's only been propped up painted over papered over masked. put you know a new a new picture has been put up in its place but what's changed what's changed since 2008 and that's the answer and what and I'm asking you not rhetorically I'm asking you what has changed since 2008
1: yeah i mean it's a great question uh and i guess i would say that you know the effects of of what happened in 2008 <clears throat> to the real economy those effects were very real you had right. a decline in what you'd call good jobs here <sighs> in the united states um now some of those jobs have been replaced but certainly maybe not by good jobs right they're, they're more more or less you had the the manufacturing um, and 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 other real i guess wealth creating jobs uh leave and you they were replaced largely by service jobs okay um and then on the other hand, you had maybe the more fake pieces of the economy um you know the whole the stock market's going up, so the economy must be well piece of it that the wealth effect of of an increased um uh, i i think wealth inequality between the the one percent to the point one percent and everybody else because of low interest rates because of q e et cetera uh, you had that piece of the economy look much, much better. But as a whole, I mean, you look at it, it the, again, I saw this, I think over the weekend, you had um, the the purchasing power, you know, wages as a whole have gone up significantly over the last, you know, 30, 40 years. But the purchasing power, I think this, this might've been going back to like the 60s or the 50s, has basically been the same here in the United States. And it, it really goes to show that, like the standard of living for the average person hasn't changed a whole lot like yeah it's been improved by technology and whatnot but that's that's not at all the result of of a strong economy it's just innovation that's just kind of the 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 eventual progress that happens over time you know you also brought up uh content creators you brought up censorship and whatnot And this is another thing that i found very interesting so we're talking about jp morgan uh zero hedge obviously a very well-known website uh, they they go back and forth between these two these two analysts that they have over at uh, uh, Zero Hedge. Um, one of them is this Marko Klanovic. He's a, a um, very he's been historically very bullish over the last six months, bullish on the stock market, and he's been very wrong. And then you have a different guy here, um, and I'm going to try not to to butcher his name here once I find it. Um, but he holds a uh, Nicholas. Paner Gertzoglu he's like Croatian or something he's he's more or less bearish but basically this Marko Kalanovic, uh he comes out and uh basically blamed the the weakness in the stock market on fake news of all things not him being wrong not this rot in the economy or overvalued stocks or the fed or anything like that he comes out <clears throat> uh, this was i think in december and, and blamed fake media and quote, specialized websites that mass produce a mix of real and fake news. Often these outlets will produce or present somewhat credible, but distorted coverage of sell side financial research mixed with geopolitical news while tolerating hate speech in their website commentary section. Now zero hedge doesn't point this out, but I think it's pretty (laughs) obvious. He's talking specifically about zero hedge. I mean, that's probably the largest alternative news financial platform out there. it, It is. It's, it's, and, and, um, I think has a lot of notoriety among people that you know. Even have you know people like Peter Schiff talk about zero hedge and whatnot. You know, it's a it's a big deal out there, and that goes to show that it's even on J.P. Morgan's radar. The alt media, this guy's basically blaming a, st- a, a lack of confidence in the market and the economy on zero hedge. Um, and so, are you and I as big as zero hedge? Obviously not. But but when you're talking about hundreds or thousands of people being censored through through lack of revenue or through other means. That's damaging, um, not just to, to individuals' lives and, and their livelihood, but also uh, the, the amount of, of, I guess, speech that is, that is censored bad. You know, I wonder that, you know, when we go into the next recession, how bad is it going to get um, in, in terms of, of people that called it, people that have been saying this all along that we're in a bubble economy? Uh, how, how much greater the censorship is going to be uh, because of that?
0: I think it's going to be huge. And that's what a lot of the, there's been quite a bit of talk of of that aspect of the 2020 presidential election that they're already adjusting algorithms. I can see I can see changes in the, in the in my website because I look at, I look at the information that I'm given every day. How much of it I believe I don't know. I don't know if I believe any of it. It's I have I have have two different metrics that I look at, and they're completely con- contrary to one another, completely opposite. In all honesty, and yeah. one generates revenue, and one generates information. The one that generates revenue is a complete farce. The one that generates information j- is just it's, it doesn't care about revenue. It's just here's here's what's happening. The one that, that generates revenue that says, well, you're not doing as well as you thought you were. And it's like, so what, do I, what am I supposed to believe? And then once again, what are we supposed to believe, Matt? I mean, like you were saying, you pointed out a minute ago that the truth lies somewhere between what John Williams at Stats is reporting and what the, quote, official, end quote, uh, reporting is as far as the GDP, the uh, Mm -hmm. inflation and and unemployment. And, you know, that is a big part of the problem is we don't even know what to believe anymore. You know, and that's what William Casey, former FBI director said that, you know, quote, you know, we know that our disinformation uh, program will be uh, complete when the American people don't know what to believe. And that's where we have arrived because we don't know what the truth is any longer. You know, because we, you and I, have, and uh, Louis Camarasano over at Smallgold, he's very diligent about going by the official numbers. You know, that's what we have. That's what it is. It doesn't matter. You know, everything else is speculation. And to a, to a point, he's right, but you have to speculate. You have to step out outside of that and look at these other alternative numbers you have to otherwise it's all a lie <laughs> yeah you know it, it just it just is and so i don't i don't know i mean i like i said i'm just um it's it's all it is what it is and yeah. the, and the best that we can do is to try to figure out what is going to be the best thing to to make to for my family to be healthy and happy and strong and that's it that's all that we can do at this point because everything else doesn't matter it's you know and that's that's what I'm trying to do it's like okay what's going to be best for my family and that's it i don't care about anything else
1: yeah you know, in regards to the alt media, I think uh, 2016 and and the the screams of fake news and uh, right. Russian interference, I think that was just a precursor. The the whole what is, what is it Hegelian dialect where where you create a problem and 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 I think right. part of this was a they're creating you know, reports of of uh, the the very sites the very entities that were reporting these Russian bots were actually creating their own. You know, Russian bots. Um, also, they were just create a problem by, by making a big deal of it in the first place. News that they disagree with it and calling it fake news when in reality right. it's not like people, don't get me wrong, some people distort facts, but a lot of times it's not distorting facts. It's just a difference in opinion and they call it fake news. They create that problem and actually I think to to a large extent I don't want to make a broad generalization here, but the American people did not buy it to as great of an extent I think as they expected.
0: No, they did um, not.
1: Die-hard democrats and whatnot like they bought the they they hook line and sinker they, they bought into the whole uh russian um narrative and and the fake news narrative and et cetera but as a whole that didn't and yet i think heading into the 2020 election what happened in 2016 was just a precursor to it um and i think that they're going to be offering the solution to to this that that it won't. It will no longer just be uh, these these individuals over on the big news networks um, complaining about fake news. You're going to see them take action, and and you know I think 2020. Uh, I think you know people like you and I. A lot of us were branded as um, as hearts uh, uh, of of uh, I guess on a political spectrum that we don't necessarily identify with. But we'll be placed there anyways. It's 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 no different than than this whole social outrage um, that that it seems to just always be sweeping the country from one thing to the next. Uh, this thing is outrageous, even though it wasn't a couple years ago, etc. You know, I think there's gonna be a broad stroke that's gonna be painted, and I wouldn't be surprised if things like silver and gold owners or people that don't believe official economic data or are bearish on the stock market, you know, those among so many other. Um, Totally valid beliefs are going to be thrown in as fake news, as Russian propaganda, propaganda or whatever. Yes. Um. And and they're going to take action this time around. It's not just going to. Uh, they're not going to. Uh, uh, play around with a little bit of demonetization here and there, or, or um. You know when when you have thousands or hundreds of thousands of fans from a big YouTube channel or big website. Uh, you know, right to YouTube or right to, to Google ads or whatever it is uh, about the demonetization. And, and Google just kind of says, okay, well, we'll let it slide this time. No, it's not going to happen. They'll You'll see channels removed and never go back up again. You'll see uh, revenues drop
0: and never go back up again. Right. Um, and so, so that's, uh. well, then that's why we have to, that's why, why it's our responsibility to create alternatives. And I love, you know, what uh, Mark Rubin and uh, Jordan Peterson are doing. I mean, they are, Mark Rubin in particular, he, is, he has vowed to take everything off of Patreon. And that's 70% of his revenue. He was on Tucker Carlson last week talking about this. And he's, he is leaving Patreon, which generates 70% of his revenue. And he is going to take the next two to three months and develop a platform where he is safe. And, 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 and you can't just look at, well, I'll, I'll just develop a new website and do that. No, you have to look at absolutely every single aspect of it, including where you're being hosted, how you're being hosted, what is, you have to look at every single piece of being out on the internet, from sitting in your chair, to delivering it to Matt, I mean, in all honesty. And you have to look at each piece in between those two points. And that's what he's doing right now. And that's what we have to do. That's what we're going to have to do if we are going to survive, because they are coming for us, just like you said. It's not, And it's not going to be just some, oh, well, we don't like that any anymore so we're gonna take you down for three days or we're gonna you know put you in Twitter jail for a week no you're gonna disappear completely and be gone
1: yeah and I think honestly it's gonna be lost in the jumble there's gonna be so much news and and whatever else is going on uh, a couple of years from now it's just gonna be it, it's gonna become it's gonna be part of the you know the drive-by media'll'll it'll, you'll it'll, it'll get attention for a day or two maybe and people forget it and, and all of a sudden this huge uh, piece of of the media the alt media will be um, no longer and this is right. this is by no means to 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 our, our viewers and supporters This is by no means a done deal there there's are alternatives yeah and and what you i mean what what individuals do is huge i mean and this is not yes. a, a cry for like uh give give rory and i money or anything like that um i always say that the number one thing you can do to support you know my channel or whatever is not go over to patreon and give me money it's not go through affiliate no number one thing you can do is something you're doing right now and that's watching this video listening to this podcast (laughs) you're 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 telling youtube that yeah i mean you google uh, is important it is it is it's um youtube google sure they have political bias um but the number one language that they speak is is u.s dollars that's revenue for them right? right um and and if you have a significant piece of, of the community leave, uh, that's gonna hurt them, right? And same thing goes for for any other uh, platform. And so, you know, you, you the viewer, have a lot of power. Rory and I wouldn't really have a voice out here in the alt media without people listening to us. Right. It's kind of like the whole, uh, you know, if a tree falls in the woods when no one's around, doesn't make a noise, um, we'd just be lunatics. As you said earlier, there's lunatics uh, <laughs> off on a rant about, about whatever. If you guys weren't here to to support us in the first place, and so, I mean, a that's that's a that's a thanks, it's a huge thank you to all of you. But B, that's a you have to be diligent about this. Um, you uh, you can't just sit back and 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 watch these these things kind of taken away because one day there won't be a daily coin, there won't be a silver fortune around unless you are are part of, I
0: guess, the solution to it. Right, and and a, and part of the viewer's responsibility is to share this information, subscribe to the channels that you like, like Silver Fortune, like The Daily Coin, you know, go to the websites that you find interesting. And I hope that thedailycoin.org is one of them. And as Matt, as you continue to develop, I hope that you develop a website where, where you have your voice in a, in a more in a broader sense, uh, brought to the table. I think that the work that you do is important. That's why I publish it. That's why I listen to what you're doing. That's why I come on to your show. And that's why I encourage people to, to subscribe to your channel because what you're doing is important. And the way that you, the listener, can, can show that it's important is by hitting the like button, or if you don't like it, hit the, hit the don't like button. Doesn't matter. And, you know, rate it, subscribe, and share it. Those are how you show that this is important. This means something to me. That's how you do it, period. You know, and if you're not getting it, if you were getting it and you're not getting it, hit the bell. Click the bell because they've shadow banned probably... 80% of my subscribers. You go to my channel, it looks like I've got, you know, almost 8,400 subscribers, but they're not really there. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's well, ridiculous. It's, that's,
1: that's my thing. When I go through my, I, I don't as often, but go through my subscriber feed on YouTube, I see all the same channels, and I'm like, what happened to all these other channels? And I just, <laughs> I think it just doesn't show it to me anymore. It's like, it's like, Really? Like I subscribed to them for a reason. It wasn't just to add to their, to their numbers. It was so I right. could get their content. And so, um, but no, very well put. Um, and I think that is a, a about as good of any of an ending that we can hope for to, I think this, this discussion here, <laughs> um, uh, uh, kind of, a uh, another reason to, to, uh, uh, head over to his channel and to his, uh, website as well. Um, the and the daily coin over <laughs> on, uh, on YouTube. So, um, is there anything else you want to leave us with, uh, before we, uh, uh, wrap this up, Rory?
0: No, I, I really appreciate the time and I really appreciate you asking me on math. I think that this kind of got away from both of us. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it was, I think it was good. I, I, I like it and I hope that we can do it again in the future. I want to get you and Lewis on for a round table on, on, on my channel. So we'll do that in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll be, uh, looking forward to that. Alrighty. Uh, well, if there's nothing else, then uh, again, thank you for for coming on. Thank you for being such a big advocate for my own channel, for the, for the alt media as a whole. Um, and uh, I guess have a good day. You as well. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Bye.